Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here he goes. Oh. I'm a wee bit behind, of course. It was an unreturned. Oh, no, hold on. A Jocko smash. And then a big forehand miss. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'll wait. What I'll do is, because I'm a little bit ahead, I'll let you talk us through it. Um, how are you doing, Damien? You all right? Sorry, I actually wasn't able, wasn't supposed to come on. It was accidental. <laughs> okay, <then. laughs> he's, he's away gone. again. Bye, David. He'll be, be back in a bit. I'm I think sure. I think he must have thought that uh, Novak serve uh, had, had won him the match, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll see him. I'm sure we'll see him in, in seconds. I think it was my unreturnable comment. I was like, yeah. pretty sure that wasn't coming back. <laughs> here we go, though. Second championship point. Obviously, really taking his time here. Taking a breather. Oh, I see. Maybe the crowd are still um, making noise. Still not served, and certainly where I am. So you can talk us through this, Jack. Here we go. There we go. And I went for the first serve on my screen, so he did miss it. He's got a second serve now. Again, just taking his time. There is silence in Philip Chatrier. Here we go. Second set of end. Casper finds the forehand. Djokovic goes down the line. Backhands cross court. Still going backhands cross. Goes a slice for Rude. Big forehand inside out. A little tight from Novak. That one's not tight though. That's lovely. And it's enough to force the error. There it is. Number 23. Game Novak set of match. Djokovic. He, uh, he falls to the floor. He has won his 23rd Grand Slam title. Uh, the players shaking hands now. Uh, a nice embrace. Uh, a well done from Casper Rudd. And uh, and we are joined by Damien. How are you doing? Oh, I'm already back. Um, actually, the you know the story behind my accidental appearance was not that. It was just the fact that my like I accidentally unplugged my camera, and when I when I plugged it back in, it just thrown me into the stream for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, I indeed was supposed to be here, and uh, yeah, glad to glad to talk to you. Will you guys like stay here as well? Yeah, um, yeah, no, sure. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, we'll so, stay so yeah, for a bit. glad to Try talk to with you for a while. Obviously, you were like totally focused on the match and. And doing the commentary for it, I was watching two challenger finals along with it. But uh, right now, with the, the rain delay in Surbiton, of course, the, 
the remaining part of the match, I was also able to focus just on this one, on history. Yeah, yeah, and we, we we've been talking throughout. Obviously, the first set, uh, it was it was obviously where 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 the game was played, where the match was played. Really, the only chance really Casper Rudd had was you know doing something early. Um, but can you yeah, can you just share us then, Damien, um, mm-hmm. your thoughts on on what you've just watched? Um, I mean, before the match, I kind of expected that maybe Djokovic was not going to play as well as he did on Friday, simply because like um, that was a huge match for him. And like, I thought that he used so much mental energy to get into that one with like, you know, increased intensity. Um, I I guess I maybe kind of undervalued how much pressure was on him here today. Because, like, for me, uh, Djokovic has been, you know, the statistical GOAT for, like, the past, I don't know, a year or something, or a, a year um, or something. So um, I actually kind of didn't even think of the aspect that he will want that 23rd Grand Slam. And, you know, it, it, it sounds pretty stupid. I mean, that, that that's so obvious, right? But I just kind of figured that after beating Alcaraz, like, th- that was the big match for him. Uh, maybe not because like the first five six games was um, kind of reminiscent of what happened in the 2021 US Open final right when he just played the biggest match of his career and faltered completely now is the fact that he um, you know managed to get back into this match um, is it because Ruth just wasn't able to put as much pressure on him as Medvedev maybe I mean for me I, I still think that Djokovic actually you know woke up fairly quickly um, and then, uh, like when he won the first set in style, and of course, I'm sure you guys were talking about all the un- no unforced error stats. Uh, definitely, um, like when he won this this set in style, I guess you could kind of already tell that the match is over, right? And Ruth didn't really like you could see that the belief is gone at least for yeah. for the second set. Maybe the third was actually kind of close, and then um, then of course in the in the second set as well, Djokovic was just so easily taking over the points. And in general, I guess everyone kind of knew that this was a matchup where if Djokovic leads the point, where if he can pin Root to that backhand corner, and this is something that I guess Djokovic does really well, like play against, well, he does everything well, but I, I think he's really good at this, um, like playing these guys who want to hit a forehand from every single um, every single spot on the court and like either playing through their stronger wing actually, or just, yeah, just keeping them in that backhand jail. And once he was actually in control of the point, there's just nothing Root can do. So um, yeah, just the, the good tactics which which reduced in the first set, like you know, putting so much height on it, keeping the ball above, even above shoulder height for Djokovic, they were also gone very quickly, and like yeah. the all the forehand offense just became too overwhelming. So yeah, uh, maybe not the greatest final, but you know, last year was so much worse. <laughs> at yeah. least we at least we have like the historical aspect, which I guess was also um, in that Ran Garros final of Nadal, right? The historical yeah, aspect was there too. So. Uh, we've not had a great French Open final for a wee while now, right? I feel like the team Nadal one is the last one I can think of that had some proper quality tennis. The one in four, um, four sets? or Yeah, yeah, in four sets. Yeah, the, one yeah, in four just, sets. the, the first two sets were amazing, right? And then yeah. the team just had nothing left for the or, or latter two. But the first two, indeed, they were excellent. I mean, if yeah. Shiontek beat Muhova just like she's beating 95% of the tour, it would really be extremely disappointing because uh, last year we had a couple of awful French Open finals, yeah. and the, these years would be, you know, may, maybe slightly better. But at least we had yesterday. Oh my God! Well, yeah, on the women's side, the the Schwantek final was incredible. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, but obviously the history of of this, I think, in terms of um, 
I don't know, achievement in just terms of the storyline. I, 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 I'm not saying I enjoyed the actual tennis more, but this feels very momentous and it does feel quite cool to, to have just watched it live, despite the fact that tennis was maybe a little underwhelming. Yeah, and there's also that aspect of like, you know, will he, want he in terms of going for the calendar slam now? Because uh, this is like yeah. the third time in his career that it's a possibility. Of course, one um, one was ended very quickly by some query at Wimbledon, which at the time was such a huge shock. Uh, but also there's 2021 where, yeah, as we already mentioned, like he, he really just faltered mentally in that final against Medvedev. Uh, right now, you know, looking at Wimbledon, no one can really play on the grass besides Novak. He won the last four Wimbledons. You kind of have to like his chances to get to the, to New York, which I guess, as usual, New York would be much more complicated just because there are other contenders as well. He wouldn't be like the overwhelming favorite. But um, yeah, again, maybe the ability to just even at this stage of his career, um, just bring his best to this one particular event he really cares for. Because it just didn't really matter, like how he looked in Rome. Didn't really matter, even that um, in many, um, like the, there were many occasions throughout this event when he looked really tired. It doesn't really matter. He just brings out the best um, out of himself in every single, you know, important moment. So I kind of think that you have to like his chances to do it at the next slums as well. Because why not? <laughs> he just yeah. really like at the stage of their their careers, and that goes, of course. I mean, Federer is, is out already. But that also goes for Nadal. Like the focus is just only on slams, and that's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Wimbledon. I mean, we were speaking about this during the match, Damien, and mm-hmm. you know, there doesn't seem to be much out there in terms of a challenge to him this year at Wimbledon. Um, whereas obviously the US Open will, will be a much kind of wider open event um, in terms of you know challengers. Um, do you see anyone at all who can who can stop him in the grass at, at Wimbledon? Um. Yeah, I guess tough call because like the last few years, definitely there weren't any other contenders that jo- than Djokovic that we, than we were really thinking about. So um, I remember that there was that one year where like the, the contenders that we thought were going to be between uh, like spots two and four were Berrettini, Cilic and Hurkacz, I think. <laughs> so Berrettini is out. He's coming back for the grass. Cilic is also injured. Hurkacz... I mean, do we really like his chances to like even get to play Djokovic and win and potentially, you know, uh, beat him? I don't know. It would be one of the more interesting matches. But like Nadal isn't around. Uh, last year, of course, he wasn't really that challenged by um, like almost anyone, I would say. But Atini played him really close in 2021. But yeah, he's just coming back. Um, it, it's really hard to see anyone, you know. I am probably just looking at Alcaraz and Medvedev as guys who maybe have not shown it yet. But, like, potentially in the future, they should be good grass courters. I mean, Medvedev, of course, is so much older as well. And um, I guess this is something that hasn't really happened for him, you know, for a number of reasons. Obviously, last year he wasn't allowed to play Wimbledon. But he's done well in some other, you know, smaller ATP um, ATP Tour events on grass. I always thought that, like, with the big serve that he has as well and also how, uh, you know, players, um, even of his height, of his uh, physicality, have been able to move so well on the grass in the, at least in recent years, you know, in the new generation. And also, um, yeah, just the defense should still be working on grass. Also the flat hitting, which uh, just, just would make him maybe even more dangerous on the offense, you know, get, get better penetration. So I guess maybe not the guys who actually did that well in previous editions of Wimbledon, that maybe maybe these two just, you know, playing a warm-up event or two, I think Medvedev is supposed to play like at least two warm-up events on grass. Alcaraz only Queens, and 
um, yeah, maybe just just improving on the surface to an extent where they could actually trouble him. But yeah, I mean, Djokovic is the overwhelming favorite and it's nowhere near close to like what, what's going to happen at the US where he would, of course, still be the, the, the first favorite, but like it wouldn't be him against the field. And here at Wimbledon, it definitely looks like him against the field right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jack, uh, we've ended the, the mystery, you know, in terms of the 23 uh, Lacoste tracks, tracks at top. Hmm. Um, there is one out there. He's he's wearing it at the moment. Me and Jack, Damien, hmm. we, we, we weren't sure if there was going to be one that was... Uh, it was going to be coming out, um, so it is there. Um, can you just then, just you know, guys, both of you sum up, you know, exactly, you know, just what an achievement. Um, you know, ja- uh, John has been putting some of the well wishes Nadal included uh, up on Twitter, but you know, what 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 a kind of an achievement. I know you, Damien, you mentioned that statistically he's he's been the, the greatest for for a long time now already. But you know, did you ever think you were going to see twenty three Grand Slams for, for one male play- tennis player? <laughs> I mean, of course not. Um, definitely when like Federer had 20, uh, maybe when Federer had 17, everyone was like thinking about the possibility of Nadal and Djokovic catching up to him. But then when he won the next three and like almost won the 21st slam, you would pro- you probably thought at first that it was going to be too, like it was going to be too much. But clearly, I mean, they have moved the goalposts so much in terms of, um, yeah, how long a tennis player's prime can actually last because can you really say that Novak Djokovic is like post his prime right now? I'm, I'm not sure I can. Uh, like he actually is uh, in in many ways a more complete, a better player. Maybe physically he isn't quite up there, but do you really see it, see it that much in his lateral movement? Do you really see that much in his speed? Maybe in sometimes in yeah the moments when he just looks somewhat out of breath, but he's still winning these matches. He's still outlasting guys who are so much younger. So so yeah, I mean the the um, the big three move the goalposts in many many ways, and one of them is, is definitely how long a successful tennis career can last. And um, yeah, twenty three never really seemed like a possibility, but right now we are probably thinking you know whether he can get to twenty five, twenty six, thirty. I think is is probably not possible, but uh, we've said it many times. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm actually gonna be wrong, given on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know where it's gonna where the ceiling is right now because, like you say, um, he looks like he could be you know playing this sport at that level for you know three four five years still to come maybe um jack what what were you uh, in terms of you know the the achievement and the what he's done here it's got to a point where it's not surprising to see novak you know mopping up the slams but to be in this position i think matthew willis put it in a really good way he kind of talked about how a history of kind of molding each other you know the the fight the the crazy battles the big three have had with one another has just turned them into these superhumans that only they can kind of live with you know so it's almost like the experience that they've had fighting each other is grossly unfair for every other player on tour because it's it's just like now they've had that they've been in these moments that nobody else gets to experience and Djokovic is just he is a cut above the rest so just continuing to win to win slams, you know, like Davian saying 30 could happen, you know, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. There's just nothing stopping him and it's it's unfair. There's nobody that can match him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well done, Novak Djokovic. They are um, coming out on to, uh, to do their speeches uh, and, and whatnot. So, um, 
so yeah, guys, just uh, just kind of wrap us up then in terms of the actual um, event. What's been your highlights? What's been your low moments? What's been the the, the match of the tournament, etc.? Damien, I'll start with yourself. Ooh, um, wasn't prepared for this, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I can come up with something. Um, you know, de de definitely we've had some um, pretty crazy upsets in the first week, but they didn't really influence um, anything that was going to happen later. Um, I, I am a bit um, definitely disappointed with the way that Djokovic Alcaraz turned out. Um, even for the first two sets, I didn't think that the quality was, you know, as insane as maybe you would hope for in, in a match like this. Definitely not as high as in their Madrid semifinal. Um, but yeah, just to, to have it end in this way, that was probably like the, the low light of, of this um, of this event. And also in general, how Alcaraz, you know, Musetti was supposed to be a great match and then Alcaraz Tsitsipas was supposed to be a great match. And then it never really happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, other than um, other than that, maybe when it comes to the low lights first, I mean, Holger Rune, the fact that he's still struggling so much physically in best of five. Yeah. And that uh, he just wasn't able to replicate uh, Rome or Monte Carlo, um, and um, yeah, that, that the fact that something like this still is still happening for him was kind of disappointing because that was supposed to be one of the one of the biggest contenders as well. Um, there were a lot of five setters early on in the in the week, so that would probably be some of the best matches. Of course, uh, one of the ones that I have in mind is definitely Sabovir playing Medvedev, and um, in the opening round, which um, yeah, just something that. Um, well, it, it seemed impossible that uh, he would beat like basically like three or four players in the draw. Seemed to be like they 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 could be impossible for him to beat, and yet he came out and actually beat one of them. Uh, there were so many five setters like oh Sinner Altmaier, of course, the big upset there as well. Yeah. Um, over five hours and a crazy match, probably the best one that Altmaier has played. Definitely more impressive in my eyes than um than the than the upset he had against Berrettini here three years ago. And yeah, I just think a lot of these uh, five setters, especially early on, um, they were the, the the best part of the event. And also, uh, probably this was like one of the one of the Grand Slam events where I felt like the most certain about you know the superiority of the best of five format in terms of just how it um, you know creates all these beautiful scenarios and um, how much um, drama is involved in them. Because compared to compared to the matches on the men's side, especially all of these five setters, I think so many days early on in the event um, on the women's side kind of fell flat. Like they they didn't really bring out the memorable matches. Whereas yeah. on the men's side, it, it it can just be two random players, like two players who have no chance of getting deep in deep deep in this event. Two players who I don't know aren't even playing well, and yet the um, sort of grandiose and uh, the the. Yeah, just just the atmosphere of a five set match is um, basically unrivaled. Yeah, I think uh, Ben Rothenberg will be liking you, Damien. So always go for the three setters. Jack, what about you um, in terms of uh, the event itself, uh, the mm -hmm. ATBWA? What's been your highlights and etc.? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stick to the men's side, but okay. I would just like to give a shout out to the women's final. Obviously, that was probably the match I enjoyed most throughout the fortnight. I, I just, I, I absolutely loved it, and to actually feel like Toronto was going to lose that chance, you know, it was all just really dramatic and exciting, and Mukma played out of her skin. Um, however, on the men's side, biggest disappointment has to be Sinner Altmaier. I was, I felt awful after that match. I really thought this was a big chance for Sinner and he disappointed again. That definitely stung a little bit for sure. Um, biggest match on this side, 
maybe go for the Monfils match. I, don't, I think that was unrivaled in terms of the, you know, the quality of tennis was obviously yeah. just weird at times. But um, with uh, Monfils not being able to move his legs, but the emotion after that match was amazing. It was so good to see Monfils put together a win like that after the, you know, the couple of years he's had not actually winning matches full stop. So yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and then the Alcaraz match, there was moments, but yeah, that could have been obviously could have been better with the way it ended. And I think everybody's pretty hungry for another Alcaraz Djokovic matchup um, as soon yeah. as possible. Even if that's Wimbledon, and I would regard Djokovic as a fairly sizable favourite in that matchup, honestly, on grass. But yeah, obviously Alcaraz can do crazy things. It would be great to see him peak for us uh, for that match. Okay, um, and yeah, just guys, just quickly, um, we've spoken about uh, Novak Djokovic um, and his achievement. Um, in terms of, you know, Casper Ruud, where he goes from here um, and his career, I know, Jack, we touched on it a little bit during the, the actual event. Um, Damien, in terms of Casper Ruud, uh, you know, your thoughts on, on where he goes from here and, and, and his career in general so far? Um, I mean, getting to three finals in five slams is ridiculous, obviously. Has he like done enough to get rid of this reputation that he has of like you know being a player who will get to these finals and then will never win them? Uh, not really. I still think people don't like forget or slash don't realize how close he was to winning the U.S. Open because when uh, when he had these two set points in the in the third set against Alcaraz, um, he definitely was looking like so much more so much fresher. There was some you know servant volleying from Alcaraz to just make the points shorter that. Um, he barely survived that third set. And I think if Root was to one up there, he probably wins it, just, just based on how they were looking physically. But yeah, the, the the matches against Nadal, Djokovic, they haven't been great. You know, with Nadal, people have often said that it's because he idolizes him too much. Um, Djokovic, he's played five times, hasn't taken a set. I just think it's a pretty dreadful matchup for him. Maybe uh, maybe Ron Garros can, um, you know, was a little better still for him than, than playing him indoors, of course, mostly yeah, because he could get the ball so high with the, with the kick serve, with the, for, with the forehand, of course, also with, even with the backhand. And um, I, I just still don't think that he's like made that much progress in terms of um, potentially winning these. However, you know, you take Djokovic Nadal out of the equation and it kind of looks like some other favorites, you know, could slip up. So uh, maybe he will get a better chance one day, but um, definitely um, a li- just a little maybe disappointing that he um, lost all of his belief after the opening set today, because that yeah. was like the main thing he did wrong, I suppose. He came out with confidence, he came out with great tactics, and that kind of went away. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and, and you could see it happening. Uh, so, Jack, just finally come to you um, again. Just same question in terms of Casper Ruud. Where does he go from here? What, can, what kind of impact can he make over the next few years? Yeah, I think what I was saying earlier about the fact that he's made three slam finals, you know, David touched on it. It's a huge achievement and that can't be underrated. Obviously, now joint most slam finals without a win. Um, he has a chance if there's a slip-up, but that's the problem. If there's a slip-up, he's on a different league to Novak, he's you know he's a rung down. Uh, same for Rafa, obviously he's at the picture now. But players like that are always going to have a one up against him. He does have weaknesses, you know the backhand is still a weakness. But players like that have won slams in the past, just not this uh, generation, right? And this generation's pretty different. You need to be a complete player nowadays. Rude probably isn't. Arguably, I think maybe that's the difference. But my point is, 
if he does become a complete player, which other players have been able to do in the past, kind of Andy. You know what I mean? People have been able to raise their level. He will work hard. It could happen. Um, I'm, yeah. not totally, I'm not writing him off yet. I'm not quite on the route dragging train quite yet. Choking, you're choking to compare Casper Rudd to, to Andy Murray, but um, <laughs> so we'll wrap it up there, guys. Jack, Damien, uh, thanks very much for joining us and giving your thoughts. Uh, it's been 23 Grand Slams for Novak Djokovic. Uh, next stop is Wimbledon, uh, and we will all see you there uh, and join us there. Um, thanks very much for today, and thanks for the last couple of weeks, guys, on, on the, the, the last ball drop show as well. Uh, and look forward to seeing you guys in the, in the future. All right, see you soon. See you. Thanks, Mips. See you later. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.